Y'all, welcome back. Doing another interview. I find this incredibly interesting. I hope you do too. But uh, I just want to see the, you know, what people are thinking and doing differently now that this has all happened, all the COVID stuff, sticking on that track for a while. Uh, this week's special guest is uh, none other than my brother, Sam Von Kennel. And uh, yeah, well, I guess we'll just kick this off, man. Where, where are you right now? And what's, uh, you know, what's the general vibe? What are the rules going on around you? Listen, we are in Austin, Texas, or, or rather Lakeway, just outside of Austin, suburb of Austin. And uh, we're on full full lockdown. It's uh, essential businesses only, which, uh, thank God, liquor stores got uh, deemed essential. But uh, essential businesses only. If you're not one of those, you know, there's a list of them available on our on Travis County website. And if you're not essential... You're not to go anywhere but the grocery store or your house. That's interesting. A couple weeks back, I was talking to Rob, and he was worried that there was a, like a rumors that liquor stores wouldn't be considered essential. Is that new relatively, or was that always the case out by you? I don't know where Rob is, but in Texas, I mean, Dallas followed suit with Houston, and Austin and San Antonio were a couple days behind pretty much whatever Dallas and Houston are doing. That's what we're doing, and liquor stores are essential. Nice. I mean, that's in Colorado. Same thing happened. And people like they in Colorado, they made them non-essential and closed them down for like two days. And people went bananas. Like, absolutely. Yeah, dude. Like you got to sit home in your house. What the fuck are you going to do? Yeah, we're not going to be sober. Sorry. It's not. not I'm going to have a cocktail. That's for sure. Couple of them. Well, yeah. So if you want to get into it, what would you normally be doing? What's a normal work week or whatever for you? And then compare that to what your last couple weeks have been. Well, I am a semi-professional poker player, and my business is running a poker room. So, I mean, I would wake up and go to work in a poker club, and after work, go to a restaurant, or, you know, and then after leaving that restaurant, go to a poker game where I'd play myself, not always in my own club. I mean, wherever the good games were is where I'd go. And so, you know, then from there... It'd be, you know, one or two in the morning, and that's where me and some friends would hit the after-hours club, it's the gentleman's club. You know, we'd go out for a late-night cocktail, whether we were celebrating a win on the poker table or drowning away our sorrows <laughs> of a loss on the poker table. As and, you uh, do. So quite literally, since this COVID business, I have nothing to do. My poker club was not uh, deemed, what do you call it, essential. So we're not allowed to open up for business. And likewise, all the other poker clubs that I would go and play at after I, after work are also closed. And then you know, the restaurants and strip clubs and bars that we would frequent in between are also closed. So I have not, not, not much going on right now. <laughs> A lot of time on my hands. Are, are any of your friends, are they hosting home games just as like a general way to kill time? Or is everybody in the poker community, are they still, you know, are they taking it serious enough to where they still don't want you to sit next to them? Uh, there are. The rise of the home games have kind of come back around since the, you know, the, the oncoming of these clubs, so to speak. But honestly, not, not really. Even It's hard to do that at uh, Pretty much at nine, in between nine and ten o'clock at night is like the witching hour, and, and all the the um, grocery stores close, and banks are all closed, and so the essential businesses are all closed. And so basically, if you're out driving or out and about past nine or ten o'clock, you, I mean, 
you're literally subject to a thousand dollar fine for breaking the quarantine rules. And so that was going to be my next question. It's a thousand dollars if you get caught. You know, now, you know, all the, the mayors and you know, DAs and everything said, look, we're not trying to you know, fucking grab a thousand dollars here if we see you out driving. But I mean, they've given these orders and they also know that, you know, bars are or you know, banks are closed, grocery stores are closed, liquor stores are closed. All the quote essential businesses are forced to close at nine. So, I mean, what the fuck are you doing driving at 10 or 11 o'clock at night? It's pretty <laughs> obvious that you're up to something that you can't be doing. And so, you know, I'm not going to take the risks. And you know, certainly if we driving around from poker game to poker game, especially if they're not the legal versions and they're in a home game, I'm, I'm not going to be you know, leaving that place after nine o'clock at night. It's, it's over. Not a good look in uh, in Fiji and probably other places, but I just found out about in Fiji. Uh, essential businesses, same idea, you know, banks, et cetera, hospitals and things that matter. And also fishing. You're allowed to be, uh, you know, fishing is deemed as essential because it is you know, technically job and making, you know, catching food. Away. So people are getting around it by just walking to their buddy's houses late at night, but just carrying a tackle box or just carrying a fishing pole. And that's how they can technically say they're essential. No more than you know. Two weeks ago, I went and bought a fishing pole because you know I, I don't. You've been out here. I live on the water. And I'm bored as fuck. So I was talking talking to mom, and she was. I was like, well, mom, I have nothing to fucking do. Like there's literally nothing. She said, well, go, buy, go buy a fishing pole. <laughs> so I did. And so since then, I have I have drowned. I went one time. Yeah, didn't, catch, didn't catch a fish. <laughs> So fuck that. Clearly, Lake Travis just doesn't have any fishing. Yeah, there must not be any there. If an expert such as yourself. I mean, we went fishing like twice, like 20 years ago. I'm surprised the skills haven't carried over. I mean, I bought a $50 fishing pole. Like, (laughs) if that's not guaranteed to catch a fucking fish. Elite status fisherman, right? I don't understand. I just don't understand. I saw the twenty dollar pole sitting right next to it, and I was just like, "Well, this one is clearly thirty dollars more fish or yeah, the, get the catch." Every ten dollars you spend is doubling your weekly mm-hmm. catch rate. Is how that's I think it. That's what it said on the tag. We yeah, have, I went, uh, we went one time, stayed down there for about an hour and a half, and uh, didn't catch a fish. Got pissed off, so I came came back up the hill. We've got a Dora the Explorer fishing pole. Uh, still let, yet to use it. Literally haven't taken it out of the box. But uh, one of these days, Raiden really wants to go fishing. But it's it's still fucking snowing here, bro. So slightly different places we live. Yeah, good. Good Lord. Looking at snow on the ground. All right. Yeah. Well, anyways, when – and it's, it's such a weird question. Do you remember when you first heard about it? Because I know like in December people were talking about it. But I don't really remember it till like kind of January-ish sort of whatever. Do you remember when you first heard about it, what you were doing and all that? That's pretty bad. I, I, I don't like. I don't pay a lot of attention to this crap. Like my life was a little perfect bubble. I, you know, I, I love poker. So I work a poker room and I go play poker and then you know go to a restaurant or a titty bar with friends. Like that was my that was my life. And so I didn't really pay attention to any of this till we kind of started seeing when it was basically the first time I really went, holy shit, this is real. Is when the NBA came out. Dude, I remember you know at a strip club. <laughs> and you know, with my friends, and then we saw on the TV what the fuck the NBA's done. Like, no more NBA. <laughs> and so that is literally that's when it became real. And then every for, go, ahead, go, ahead. go ahead. I mean, for our for our world, you know, casinos are kind of the forefront of the industry. And so when MGM and Caesar's Properties out in Las Vegas 
came out before the mandatory shut you know shutdowns. They came out and said we're we're closing all poker operations. And then several days after that, they closed down the entire casino operations, hotel, restaurants, bars, everything. And so that's when we kind of said, all right, fuck, we're going to have to close our doors. You know, on the business side, you know, we, we, we knew we weren't going to be able to open up. And so it was kind of a, a race then amongst all the clubs here in town to be who was the first one to voluntarily close. Like some waited till they were told you have to close. And then some said, oh, we're trying to do the right thing. You know, we're in kind of you know, kind of get competitive over that and so big pr move i like it, it was, we're the know? good guys we're the, yeah. we're the we're the solid family poker room exactly Dude, so that, that's kind of what we everybody i've asked every single male i've asked when did you first take it seriously was the nba every single without and i mean i know it's i get you know every oh bro sports and all that and fine but it's to me which it also was it was it was that mavericks game it was the idea that an, that an NBA or any business that size, obviously I'm not as in tune with, you know, Vegas and such, but that a billion dollar industry would quit, would actually shut. I mean, they're making, they're printing money. Every TNT game or every ESPN game, I mean, they're selling $9 beers and they're selling thousands of them every home game that they would quit and choose to like, this is, that is the first thing that got me, you know, worried or, or paying attention or whatever. But without, a, with no exception, every single male I've asked, it was when sports stopped. And what it's left us doing is, what are you now gambling on? Or are you gambling at all now? Um, I have a bookie, and there's a very, very few things you can gamble on. And I shit you not, I mean, if this were a video cast, I could send you the, the picture because I did take a screenshot of it. I made a bet on a table tennis match in Eastern Europe. Yeah. The, the, the match took place at... 3.15 in the morning Texas time, which is whatever the fuck in the afternoon in you know, Yugoslavia or something. And, and yeah, I, I bet and won $200 on you know, a guy that I couldn't pronounce. But he, was slight, he was a slight dog. You know, he, was, he was plus like 125. And I said, all right, fuck it. Let's take him. You, you took the underdog in ping pong. In- Table tennis, bro. Whoa. Oh, it's way different. Whoa. Way different. Honestly, there really are different rules. I didn't I didn't know that until like a couple of years ago. Uh, that is a real. Anyways, that's insane. But, you but know, on that same as- note, if, if you look up on, you know, my betting site that I use, there's nothing like there's actually a prop bet on when the NBA will come back. And Ooh. it's the line has moved on that quite a bit. They keep pushing it back. And so there's a, the, for the first time ever, I saw the option to bet on EA gaming, like the gamers, you know, Electric, the guys yeah. play Madden or something. Yeah. And so there's like teams of them, mostly call of duty type shit or war games, you know, strategy, strategy, war games, you know, multiplayer. Plays. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a legit competition on it, and and yeah, for degenerates like me who need to bet and do something, yeah, you can bet, and, and they book odds on. I can't remember any of their fucking team names, but yeah, it's, it's you can laser hunter sixty nine and yeah, you know how fast is he going to get to twenty seven kills in you know, Warcraft or whatever the fuck they're playing? I don't know. That's that is pretty degenerate level, but I tell you, that's not even the most degenerate level. I was talking to E. Good old Big E, and he then shared with me because I demanded how, where do I do what you're doing. He said he has recently bet on the weather. They have oh, over unders on the high temperature of the day, and they set it at you know whatever seventy six, and you bet over under at any given time of the day. Like that's where we're at, man. That's like <laughs> literally what we're doing now. 
His official thermometer is used for that. I do. I mean, I do. <laughs> you've got the iPhone app. I've got the Samsung app. I mean, if there's a degree of difference, I'm going to fucking piss. If, like, if I bet over money. 70 and it comes to 69 and you're telling me in some parts of the town it was 72, because but in yeah. the part where your thermometer is a strong wind, so there wasn't, like, I'm going to be pissed. Because there's I'm, no way. To, I'm down on making bets on anything. I, we have gambled uh, throughout our lifetime on pretty much every. I mean, starting young, we used to gamble on which, uh, if there was a row of elevators, which elevators are going to come down. Like, if you like, I literally have my kids on that already, dude. By the way, like, Raiden takes that shit serious. He gets mad if he picks the wrong one. Bullshit. Like, legit. Oh, Where God. in Pier are there more than one elevator? <laughs> I don't know if there's an elevator in Pier. No, Raiden, this was which elevator is it going to be? This is the one. <laughs> When's it gonna come? Over <laughs> under fifteen seconds. No, it was it was actually out at Great Wolf Lodge because genuinely though that's the only time we ever like. There's no other. There is yeah, no other time. Yeah, yeah. No, there really ain't one. <laughs> so and if there okay. is. There's only one. That's yeah. Maybe at the bank. The bank's like three stories, but I mean, even still, I bet you it's just stairs. I don't even know that. I've never been inside. So <laughs> okay. So you at least are taking it seriously enough. Have you had people over? Have you tried to go to people's houses? Or are you? Are you keeping distance or are you – because there's plenty of people that aren't. There's plenty of people that don't give a shit. Um, you know, I I am not. I am bored. I'm having people over. I've got a cool spot with a boat dock down by the water. And so, no, I've, I've had four coronavirus parties now. In, wow. In uh, three weeks or two and a half weeks or whatever it's been. And but, you're not – you're not worried enough to stay, you know, you, that's just, it's no, I mean, if it, if it wasn't raining right now, there'd be one today. You know, it is what it is. I just, I don't really tend to worry about these types of things. Like, I don't think that staying home, like we're all going to catch this shit. You know, we're all, we're all going to get it. It's the fucking flu. Like we can call it fancy words, but we're all going to get it. You know, wow. I mean, we've all caught the flu. And so, you know, <laughs> It is what it is. You know, take some NyQuil to go to sleep and pump some Afrin through the nasal passages to breathe right and fuck it. I don't have a response canned for this because you're the first person that's answered that way (laughs) of the people I've interviewed. I I mean, I'm probably the first person you've interviewed that's, you know, not like married or real nine to five job, girlfriend, kids type mentality. So yeah, I'm a little bit more selfish in my <sighs> mindsets. You know? Not even true though. John and Rob, no girlfriends. True. No, yeah. and, and John doesn't have a net. Like it's just, and they are still at least taking it, you know, precautionary measures and shit. Yeah. The first one generally that's been just like, you know, fuck it, I guess. I mean, I'm following the rules. Like, you know, it, it, uh, it you can like it says no groups of ten or more. And I mean, I'm not like having like raging parties, but yeah, I've had three to five friends come over and we go swimming in the lake and we hit the boat dock, which is more than more than big enough for probably thirty people. But I mean, we're not like watching ourselves like, oh, are you six feet away? Like, no, fuck it. Like, you know, here, hand me a beer. You know, yeah, ask the joint kind of deal. Like, whatever. Like, it's fine. We'll be all right. I mean, don't give it like I, I've, it's, it's, almost, it's, it's a relief, I suppose, to hear that some people still have faith that it's not that big a deal. Like, would you, if there was a bar open right now or any large scale gathering, would you go? Yes. Really? Yeah. And I, I wouldn't wear a mask and I you know, wouldn't wear rubber gloves. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I was never, I'm not a germaphobe, but I'm not the type of guy that's going to, you know, Hey, taste this drink, and then I'll take it back. And no, once you've drink, once you've 
drank out of my cup. I'm done with that cup. Like, I mean, I'm not going up, you know, holding hands or throwing my arm around, you know, not bro hugging all my dudes. Like, I mean, I was always kind of like, I'd be yeah. social, but you know, I mean, I'm the type of guy that fuck in my backpack, I had a little bottle of hand sanitizer anyways. Like, that's just how I, you know, it's I'm not a germaphobe, but I'm not fucking dirty. So like, I just don't understand, you know, just, just be clean. Wash your hands. Did you go to the fucking bathroom? Wash your fucking hands. Like, it doesn't that's, make sense. I just that's don't the get difference. It. That's the difference between me and you, bro. I went in college. I went four months without washing my clothes. Quite yeah. literally. Four straight months didn't do a load of wash. Wear the same pair of socks for, I mean, weeks at a time. No exaggeration. So that, but it's interesting to hear that, like, that, that I flipped to complete isolation when I used to not give a shit and you've always been kind of midline and I guess you just stay in midline. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't know what else to do besides what I've been doing for the last you know, 10 years of my adult, you know, real adult life. And so Man. to make a drastic change and, you know, stay home. Like, I, I mean, what can I, what, what, what other options do I have? Like I can sit at home by myself and go crazy and watch TV all day or still try to be, social and do what i you know, do what i do I'm trying to play poker online which is fucking terrible is it and yeah it's just not the same at all not the same at all way too distracted can't take it serious i got the tv on i got you know, my phone ringing i got other things going on where it's not like live poker we can go and stare into somebody's soul for a minute and and piss off an entire room of old folks that have been friends forever yeah, I mean, that's half the fun. Like, shit, when you saw me come up there, Cadillac Jacks in South and Deadwood, my God, that was one of the most fun times. It was a horrible situation while I'm in, in Pierce, South Dakota, yeah, or Deadwood, South Dakota. Right. But truly one of my most favorite poker experiences to date, <laughs> <laughs> and that includes final tables of World Series events. Like, that was one of the most fun times, being somebody, an out-of-towner that nobody knows, <laughs> and just bulldoze through a room, have these people think I'm friends with them. At the same time, I'm taking all their money. <laughs> I stepped out for smoke a couple of times, and everybody out there that was also smoking was talking about this young kid from Texas. He just he's so friendly, but he seems serious. And I was just I didn't say a word about it. Like, nah, he ain't friendly at all. He hates you. Like yeah. he don't give a shit about you. Live so live poker is like one of the greatest social experiments in the world. Like it's, it's just too, too interesting. Like, so playing online, like, sure. I still want to play poker and I'm still trying to make some money, so I'll do it. But the live poker, even when I lose, I have so much fun doing what I'm doing. It's, 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 it's the greatest experience, social you know, experience. Wild. So, I mean, I, I've got so many questions that are like, I mean, that I can't even ask you. Like it, I've been asking everybody, what will it take for you to be comfortable going to like a college football game live, like with 50,000 strangers, you know, 50,000 or more, like a UT game or something like if there was a UT game tomorrow, you would have no issue going. I know you're not a UT fan. Yeah. Do I have a bet on the game? In theory. Yeah. A game you care, but like 50,000 people in a stadium, you wouldn't give a fuck. I I mean, I guess right now in these times, no, but I wouldn't have wanted to go do that anyways. I would have rather had six or seven guys and, you know, you know, their friends or wives or whatever come to the house. Like, let's have a barbecue and watch the game. And, yes, I would gladly sit next to any of them on the couch. Yeah. But, All right, well, then let's put know. it this way. Let's frame it. To frame it similarly, how many people were in the World Series of Poker this last time when you went up there? I mean, there's thousands of people in that, right? Uh, yeah, thousands. So and if it was from party, all over the fucking world. Literally everywhere. They could right. be Italian, they yeah. could be Argentinian, you don't know. So I mean yeah. if that to put it in that perspective, if that was going on right now, 
would you go? Um, yeah, if they were hosting the, I mean, that's kind of one of the, in the poker world, we're all still sitting and waiting because they haven't made an announcement yet. Like the official world series of poker, not just the circuit stops, like the circuit stops are all closed right now, but the official world series of poker isn't just the main event that you watch on TV. It's like 300 events over the course of seven or eight weeks in the summer. And it starts the last weekend of May and it goes all the way through like the main event ends July 10th, I think, you know, sometimes after the 4th of July. We're talking six, seven weeks from right now. Yeah. And they haven't made an announcement on what they're going to do. I think most likely they just condense it a little, cut off the first week. And, and that's not really that big of a deal. Those are a lot of just like warm ups, And I think event number one is like a dealers only and employees only event type shit. So if they cut that off, I think we're still on track. I mean, we haven't heard anything from the WSOP, but we're still going to have the World Series from June through July. Maybe push it back a week or just trim off some of the early you know, warm-up events. But to not have it, and especially not at least, but just at least have the main event. Like, uh, I, mean, I don't want to miss. I don't want to miss that opportunity. It's it's one of the most fun experiences in the poker world. Like that to go out for the, for the series, you know, five, six weeks in Vegas playing tournaments day in, day out. I mean, it's nuts. Like, that's so much fun. Is that the general vibe of poker player? Like, in, in you know, for to whatever extent your circle extends, does everybody hope it's still going to go? Is everybody, would everybody... Absolutely, yeah. Yes? Yeah? I mean, fortunately for me, I own a company, and so I have – revenue coming in. Like I can't call myself a professional poker player because I mean, my bills are paid from you know, the income of my company, but I'm a winning poker player, but for the professional poker player, like, yeah, this is, this is their livelihood. Like, I mean, this is, you know, if you're a realtor, then in the summertime, that's when you sell all your houses and you know, kids, you're out of school. That's like, that's, you know, your prime time. And if you're a poker player, this is where you make or break your year. Like, I mean, you're, you know, I don't, I don't know how to compare it to like working on commission, but like this is, this is like the the, you know, the sales time. Like this is when you go and make or break uh, your yeah. entire year. Well, I mean, to, you know, to an extent, they always say malls. Uh, usually in December, they make like fifty percent of their yearly revenue. In yeah, month. yeah. So I mean, same yeah, kind of idea. Rush, exactly. Yeah, the, the big it's like Thanksgiving to Christmas, like bomb. That's in so many. Mm -hmm. If they're not able to, then right. So in, in the in the poker world, that's the same thing, I guess. Yeah, this is what you work all you know, year round on the circuit, grinding the circuit tours or grinding your local rooms to make enough money to go out and take your shot. I mean, this is where, I mean, you can turn, you can, you know, ten thousand x your buy, you know, your return on value, your ROI, like you know, in four days. You know, you yeah. Just, it's just something that's impossible to do. Like my one, you know, deep story, the buy-in to that event was you know, $1,100 and first place was over $500,000. And, so, and, and it's four days worth of poker and you play 12 hours a day. So you're playing 50 hours. So where can you get a return of $499,000 in 50 hours of work? You know, like that's, it's just not. Unless not, you're a movie star or something like yeah, you're not. Exactly. That's, that's, you know, or like maybe like LeBron, I don't know what he's paid per minute, but you know, something like that. And, you know, 
yes, there's a lot of luck involved, especially in these big, deep multi-table tournaments, but it's something that anyone can do. Like, clearly I'm not going to go be a professional basketball player and, and make that <laughs> LeBron type money. I'm fucking five foot nine and a half, you know, and I've been over 200 pounds since I was 12 years old. Yeah, so, what's your vertical, bro? Yeah, so it's not happening. But, I mean, so for a guy like me to be able to apply a skill set that anyone can go and learn and make that kind of return on value, yeah, that, to, to have that be canceled this summer would just be the worst thing in the world for a poker player to just have to wait and say, oh, fucking, all right, next year. Maybe next so, year. Yeah. Ouch. So it's so it, man, it's hard to even transfer back from that because it, it that's that's just such a different mindset than what I was re- like ready for. So I mean, is there any part of you know all the stuff that scares you? Is there any part that like it is is there a concern in, in either just you personally or the poker world like that this will be like an, a longest a longer lasting thing that it might be like a permanent fixation? Is, is there any real concern there, or it's just kind of another thing that's just kind of happening? There's no way it'll be permanent. It's uh. It, it, you know, our country is not built for it. I mean, not just poker, but like, there's no way this could poss- possibly be permanent. You know, at the end of the day, you're gonna get a you're gonna get a vaccine. You're gonna get a cure. Like, I mean, is what it, you know, it is what it is. It's not gonna be no no way could it be permanent. Like, people are gonna have to get back to work. You know, I'm not gonna get political here and talk about that kind of crap. But yeah, I mean, whether you're a Democrat or Republican, you need to work to pay your fucking you work. Yeah. You need so that's that's how it's going to go. Like, I feel like we have to get back to work eventually, whatever the job field is, poker, you know, sales, grocery stores, yeah, all, doesn't matter. restaurants. Yeah. Then besides, obviously, if you're like a hairdresser or a waitress or a poker dealer or you work at, you know, H-E-B, besides those types of jobs, do you think that this momentary everybody's working at home who can work from home, that everybody is, do you think that will be more of a long lasting thing? Do you think there will be like... A, a push for more of society to work from home moving forward. Do you think, do you think that would be like a, a long lasting maybe benefit from this, but you know, positive maybe where it's possible. Yeah. If you know, to, to do it as long as the success rate is still there. But I think that it's, you know, too many job fields just prohibit the ability of to have great success from, from working at home. I mean, you know, if you're, if you're a waitress and I, you know, how are you gonna how are you gonna work from home? And I know that translate, okay, we'll be a Grubhub driver or whatever driver, but like that's really not the same. Like No, and you're, you're still in person, you're still talking yeah, to people. I mean if you're in you know my field of business, not just poker, but any sort of the casino operations from your lowest level, you know, janitor to your highest end CEO, like you still have to be doing a lot of things and per- your, your whole business relies on person to person interactions. And so like mm-hmm. it's, if it doesn't come like, it, you know, there's just no way to you know, be able to get, get th- those types of things done without being in person. The entertainment industry, I mean, and to lump you guys in, you know, poorly, I know, I don't know what I'm talking about, but to lump y'all into entertainment just because that, the physical aspect of the human interaction is always going to be a part of that. It's, it's almost impossible to negate it. But for everything else, I really think there might be. I really think we might see. And the reason I ask that is because have you seen the pictures of cities like L.A. or Beijing or, I mean, you know, pick a giant-ass city that is smoggy and the sky's kind of dirty and whatever. Have you seen the before and after pictures of those recently? No, I haven't. Dude, it's genuinely incredible. 
like pictures from the air of LA and Beijing, you know, pick any New York, pick any big ass city. So I'm sure there's plenty in Russia and plenty in Europe, in England, doesn't matter. They're all like, you can barely see some of the skyscrapers to now you can see fucking plain as day. Literally plain as like, it's, it's, it's like a collective reset for the environment. So I mean, if nothing else, I think that might help. And maybe we might all see that like, if, if more people start working from home and less people drive all the time and yada, yada, it actually might, you know, I, I'm just trying, I'm trying to find a positive outcome from all of this. Like I, I want there to be like that, that we all collectively paused and maybe it helped the earth until we forget in a few years or whatever. And okay. That brings me to the next question. Do you think this will be something that we remember like a nine 11? I know they're not the same. I'm not trying to equate it, but it was just going to be something in 10 years that we will remember vividly and like, Oh, where were you? And do you remember, or will this kind of blow over and we'll look back and be like, man, we were, we were pretty silly. We kind of overreacted. That's a pretty good question. Um, I think, yeah, we'll remember it because to people are going so crazy. Like it's such a dramatic change for a lot of people. I think the majority of people, I mean, you know, whether or not like you're not taking your kids to school anymore. And I don't mean necessarily you, like you fit an interesting category where, you know, you worked at home, your kids are in school. You're so much of like, I know ratings in like, pre-K that life hasn't changed as much as like the majority of people. But yeah, I think for the most part, people will remember this one because, you know, I think we've got another three, four, five more weeks to go and, you know, that'll make it an eight to 10, maybe even 12 whole week long yeah. period. And three month pause. Shit, shit's going to happen, man. You know, I, you know, from just families are going to, you know, some families are going to come together. Some families. Gonna- Dude. The divorce rate, I'd be super interested to see, like, if when this all ends up, like, I, I certainly hope that it brings families and, and, you know, husbands and wives and, you know, husbands and husbands and wives. And wives. I don't give a shit. That, that's not the point of this. If you already had issues, if this either gave you time to work it out and fix it because now you're face to face every day, or you already had slight cracks in the foundation and this just, like, fissured the hell out of it. Oh, I might have lost you. Ain't that a bitch? Yep, definitely did. All right, well, technical issues. One second, y'all. We'll be right back. So yeah, little uh, little technical issues there. But yes, so do you, do you think that when we all come out of this that there might be – because like nobody's going to get divorced during this because you'll have nowhere to go. Like they, they, I think everybody would be scared. To, but do you think when we get out of this that there might be like a giant spike in the divorce rate? Yes, I absolutely do. <laughs> I mean people's lives like, – you can't – go out to a restaurant like there some restaurants are allowed to be takeout but like literally if you have a if you're a non-essential business employee and or owner like me and i might be in the minority but i don't know that i am like you're just at home like there's nowhere to go there's nothing to do and so if you've add on top of that you know the already stay-at-home mom with kids now too like i just don't think that's good like i just don't i was that's not the norm i was kind of on a little mini rant before i realized that you weren't like still talking because i was like wow you haven't moved or blinked in a minute and i was like oh that's because the shit broke anyways i was like yeah if you already had small cracks in your relationship foundation and now you don't have eight hours or whatever however many hours of a day that you go to work away from that person you either are going to fix it real quick or it's just going to explode like I think so. Yeah, I think like, there's I only two ways I, to go. 
I hate that I have like a cynical like outlook on that, but I, you know, I just, I don't think people are not used to this type of dramatic change in routine. And I think anytime you see that happening, that you, you typically see negative results, you know, it, it's, it, this is, it's forcing us into some of the, some of the, our worst behavioral traits. Like there's still people go like, all right, here's the, I know you're not like, you wouldn't be a big beach person, but like, I doubt you'd ever go. But like, have you seen the people that are still going to the beach? Like yes. in Brazil, in Brazil, the police are using helicopters and low flying uh, beaches <laughs> and just like spraying the yes. shit out of people with sand, forcing them off the like, And that they're just one of like this every, like India, I think are actually literally chaining people to stocks, like putting your head or hands through like an old school style, like, yeah, I, I don't even know. Is that what it's called? A stockade? Or like the thing where you have to stick your head through and they clamp that wood on top and you're just stuck there? Like just yeah, as I, an example. I know what you're literally, talking about. I don't know. Yeah, that thing. Called. I'm sure there's a word for it and I wish I knew it, but I should have looked it up. It doesn't matter. That, that's actually happening. I've seen people literally just stuck on the side of the road, clamped into wood stocks or whatever, and they can't leave. Like it's it's getting to that point where no matter what information is out there, it doesn't seem people care. And as much that, have you seen the Florida pastor, Rodney Brown? Did you hear about this guy? Mm, no, hit me. Church was deemed non-essential, which I'm not going down that road. I don't care what you believe. That's fine. Yay or nay, doesn't matter. I'm not having a religious debate. Point is, the police said don't go to church. Well, Pastor Rodney Brown said, hey, y'all, come on down. We're going to have church. And like three or four people died and like 17 others caught covid uh, literally like a woman in Sacramento also died from going to church. Like it's, that is still happening so much so that literally on Wednesday, out okay. in Demas, Texas. Go ahead. I'll come actually, back no, that's a good question. question. No, that's, that's a really good question. How can you prove that whoever, they got you it? know, Betsy Anderson, I'll say, you know, died from going to church. Like, how do you yep. know she didn't that's catch a- it from anywhere fucking else at Anywhere. Where did she stop? She could have caught it at the donut shop. Exactly. And, dude, I mean, you don't know when you catch it. You don't even show signs or symptoms for days, anyway. So, like, get the fuck out. If you show them at all, if you show them at all, like when this was all happening, when Sarah and I went to Great Wolf Lodge, uh, before we went up there, we went down to Denver for a work thing, and me and her kids were there for like four days or whatever. And on the flight back, we were all super coffee super lethargic, just really like, we honestly just thought we had the flu or something. So we went to the doctors when we got back to town and they tested us and they're like, yeah, you don't have regular influenza. You don't have, you know, the litany of tests they gave us. Like you, you're clear. You just must have some, they literally said that the word they said was you must just have some virus thing. It'll probably pass. So like, there's a chance we literally already had it. Like, we'll never know. I'll, I'll never know, but there's a chance that genuinely my family already had the virus and we, it, we, we might've given it to other people without knowing. Like it, all of this is so, it's way too much guesswork to blame anybody specifically, except for David White, a Florida man uh, who was recently arrested for walking around with a spray bottle that he had labeled COVID-19. So he just had a bottle and was walking around spraying people in the face with, it was just like water or like Sprite. Sure. Like, you know, it was nothing. It, it, oh, it, really, it, it wasn't like, actually the virus? Believe it or not, he didn't figure out a way to can that shit. He he wasn't mass producing it in his fucking meth head basement. And I say meth head basement because he looks like one. He's a he's a skinhead with no eyebrows, and in place of his eyebrows, he has the words "hard knocks" tattooed yes. where his eyebrows should be. Yes, and across his throat 
is the word Slayer because he's uh-huh. a big band, big fan of the band Slayer. So yeah, those kind of people you can you can blame them straight away. Also, people you can blame straight away uh, was a Kentucky feller who felt he had systems symptoms. Sorry, he felt he had symptoms and he went to the hospital. Hospital ran some tests, and before they came back with a yes or no, before they even told him you do he had or a no, COVID nineteen a test results party or something. He just bounced. He just checked himself out of the hospital. Before he got told yes or no, he was just like, fuck this, I'm out. So the sheriff and armed deputies went to his house and stood on his lawn with guns and were like, don't leave your house. We don't give a shit. Don't you dare leave your house. Like, that's that's why I do think I, I agree with you that even if we look back, I'm like, yeah, maybe we went too far. And maybe we like it. Things like this, we're not going to forget this kind of shit. Like, we're, there's no way we're going to forget the just collective public freakout or, you know, what a freakout might not be the word. But honestly, with all the, the hoarding of toilet paper and such, which, by the way, do you guys have how's, – how's Austin or Lakeway? How are y'all doing with the toilet paper and, and soap and things? We're good. We've got a couple, yeah? of, couple of extra rolls to spare if, if you need some. Dude, I was talking to Dylan, and he said his local gas station was selling single rolls, and you were limited to one at a time. He literally would not sell you more than one roll per day, which is nice. But that's like, that's just like we have nothing to compare this to. I've heard people compare it to nine eleven in the collective pause issue, which is which is true. But like, even after nine eleven, everybody went back to work in like three days. You know, like everybody went back to you know sort of normalcy. I mean, didn't didn't we go to school the next day? Yeah, or at least like the, the following was week. It might have happened on a Thursday, and so maybe we didn't go yeah, to school till Monday. Certainly not that long later. Whereas now the issue is of any other people you're supposed to. So like I, I guess the yeah, I mean the not, positive. Nine eleven didn't shut us down to where mom and dad can't go to work. Mom and dad yeah. might not be able to pay the rent the next month. Maybe the government yeah. needs to give us some money to pay rent. Like we're not going to school. We can't buy tw- like. I don't know. Like we've been through, you know, if you want to count nine eleven in there, but I remember the bird flu. I remember swine flu. Mm-hmm. I remember mad mm-hmm. cow. I remember anthrax. Mm-hmm. I remember all, all this that. shit. Like we never did this. Like, we never fucking got shut down and told to stay shut home. Yeah. Dude, there's so much. So I saw a picture. Uh, I mean, obviously it was a joke, but it was a kid getting baptized, a young kid getting baptized via squirt gun. A pastor was legit holding a squirt gun where the parents were holding the kid like six feet away and he was squirting him with holy water. Yeah, it's a joke, but that would never like no pastor would have made that joke six months ago. There'd be no reason to. Yeah, And they also wouldn't allow it. You know, that's not. Uh, but now all of the rules and even social norms are becoming so lax. I feel like everybody has just stopped giving a shit. And here's a hot take uh, taken from Dylan. He thinks that this is going to fast track weed legalization. In that a lot of businesses, a lot of bars are projecting that they're not going to reopen. And a lot of restaurants, like what, like not like Applebee's, but a lot of like one-off restaurants, yeah. like Torchies back in the day before they really expanded and shit like that. Like Magnolia Cafe. I think they probably still only have two or three. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking shit, about. Right? Yeah. That kind of shit. Those kinds of one-off, two-off spots don't have the 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 capital to ride this wave yeah. out. They're, they're more, than, so they're they're more not, than mom and pop shops, but they're not big corporations. Yet. They can't ride that yeah. out, yeah. Exactly. They so if this does go to June, July, they they don't have the ability to reopen. So we might, man, honestly, I mean, whatever, we might fast track weed just to be like, look, here's jobs. 
every electrician can run the wiring. Every construction guy can build the farm or build the thing. Everybody that's already growing it can continue growing it, but not legally and give a cut to the government. Like that might be the only industry we can be able to prop up because all of these other ones are going to fail like hard. I think there's a lot to look at that in this like time of chaos. There's a lot of opportunity involved in that. You know, yeah, stocks are down, but you know, you can now buy into things that you couldn't ever afford afforded to buy into. And you mm. know, with those restaurant spaces, sure. You know, sorry that, you know, it puts, you know, Tom and Susan out of owning, you know, their taco stand in that restaurant, but that might make a lease now become available to, you know, someone else with a new idea. Yeah. And, some and, other and kid. So, you know, it, it's, you know, there's there's still opportunity in this chaotic time there. It, it seems to be, I mean, not only resetting the environment, which I think is just, I mean, I don't think anybody could argue that less smog over big cities. Like, I think everybody agrees that's a good thing. But even just the economy might simmer down and it, like everything seems a bit overpriced. Like I'm stealing this joke from a comedian I enjoy, but. $14 cheeseburgers. Cheeseburgers were never meant to be $14. It's it's a dollar's worth of a hamburger patty and 50 cents worth of a bun. Why are we selling it? Like everything has gotten so inflated that maybe this will bring everything back to normal, potentially, you know, hopefully or whatever. Like maybe that maybe it's a good point. Like, you know, some young kid that like the, the bitch of it is if you're just out of college and you were looking at your first job, like right now, you don't have one. Like you, you're genuinely stuck. So maybe it'll force these people to be creative. Maybe that'll be the the surprising positive out of all of this is that you're just going to have to hustle, but you'll at least have the space to hustle, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I think it made me think of a different point. Like it kind of affects my business. Cause I have like, between you know, I'll just use one location for easier numbers, probably about 70 employees at one location. And if this were a week long process, then I would assume I'm going to retain all 70 of those employees but you know, three weeks, four weeks, two months, two and a half months, maybe even three months, like as a business owner, should I even reasonably assume that these employees that are now forced to look elsewhere for jobs maybe have to move back home out of town with their parents? You know, are they just going to come right back to work? Like, do I have them? Like, are they sitting there waiting for their you know schedule to be sent to them in two months? Yeah. Like, I think it's going to open up a lot of things. Like, you know, as far as that, like that college kid that doesn't have a job right now, there might be an incredible amount of opportunity when this is over, because like I said, I I am a business owner and I don't think I'm going to retain a hundred percent. I mean, that'd be crazy to say a hundred percent. Guaranteed not. And so it's just a matter of how much do I lose? And so, you know, but again, you know, as you know, cliche, one door closes, another one opens. But I mean, that just that opens a revolving door for a number of potential opportunity spots like that. Like not just my industry, any industry. Like there are people yeah. that are not working for months. That changes shit. Like they're gonna go look for a new job. They're gonna go look for anything, an essential business that they can you know get a part time gig or or make a craft on their own. Maybe they'll invent something. Now they're fucking in their garages for, with nowhere to go. Or yeah. they're going to move home. They're going to move in with a significant other. Split, you know, split. Instead of having two bills, just one. But maybe that's across town. Or like, I think that's an interesting point that you know I thought of as you were Man. talking about that. 
No, that's that's wild. I hadn't thought of that at all. Every, I mean, every you know, quote unquote, non essential business. If you're the one running the show, you. I mean, I don't know what number to put on it, but fifty percent retention, maybe. Like, I really best don't know. case scenario, seventy five. Yeah, we've never. But yeah, seen I mean, you're gonna have to like. I'm lucky, thankfully lucky that I happen to be in an industry that's still technically considered essential or whatever. So I can keep doing like my day to day surprisingly hasn't changed at all. I just had a lot more free time to do this kind of shit. I, I, I was kicking out one podcast a month and I've done four in the last like six days. Like that's, that's the only thing that's changed to me is that I just have more free time. Like, because we're just nobody's going anywhere. I'm not taking my kids to swim class or soccer yeah, practice because yeah. all that shit's canceled. So like all it's really done is just giving me more time. Whereas a lot of people, I don't know what you do. You, I mean, you got to start hustling. Like, I, you, know, you just got to find something. Like, I guess, you, yeah, I'm sure Pizza Hut still needs delivery people. Or maybe they don't. Maybe they're chock full. Like, that's that's the other thing. Like, the businesses that do survive, they might genuinely be full of applicants. <coughs> so now what? What do, you, yeah. what do you do now? You got you got the you got the Rona, bro? Is that, that what that cough is? Yeah, that's, that's the best. I love that. Like, I'm a smoker, so I have a natural dry cough anyways. And so anywhere I go – that's going to happen. If I'm in a checkout line at a grocery store, I, I do that cough. And it's just like, get out of here, people. Don't look at me. I'm like, you know, like what are they? I'll, get, I'll get so many looks like, whoa, oh my God, he coughed or he sneezed. It's like, holy shit, we're drowning him in hand sanitizer quickly. Yeah, please. But it's probably just me. I'll take that as a – that's the best positive I've heard is that it might it, – it, it might – flatten out or even out the landscape for people that do want to hustle once this is all over like everyone's got to take out loans because I mean, anybody that has the emergency fund is going to be dry like yeah. we're all going to be starting we're all going to be starting more or less from zero except for the multi-billionaires which will be able to buy up everything and whatever that's fine like that's all that's nothing new but yeah. for the rest of us the, it, it almost it levels the playing field that's wild you know it just I'm forced to think like that because I've got 75 employees and like there are some government programs that are available for them. But I mean, there's just no way at the end of the day, these guys are going to get what they were making or the same. You're going to, you're going to get a little piece. You're going to get a little help, but there's no way the government's just going to pay them to sit home and do nothing. Yeah. And so I, I mean, there's, no, there's no way I can assume that when I'm told, okay, you can open back up, you know, May 1st, I'll say, well, yeah, we, just we, picking a date. Whatever. We won't get told that till you know five to ten days out, I imagine. And at that point, I'll text all my employees, and yeah, there's no no way I'm gonna think get all of them to say yes, thank you, I'm ready to come back, I'm still here. Like, there's no way. How did you leave it with them? What was the? How did that even go down? How did you tell all of them like we're done? Uh, you know, when we talked about it earlier, a lot of the clubs wanted to be the first one to say we're closing. But then at the same time, I still had customers coming in and wanting to play. It, it definitely slowed that down. And, and more importantly, I still had a number of employees saying, hey, look, I get it. You know, poker chips are dirty. And this is, you know, people are handling money, handling chips, touching, you know, sitting yeah. right next to each other. But at the end of the day, they have rent to pay. They have groceries to pay. Yeah, they have children to support. They have, you know, like, and so... While nice. it was literally like a good third of my staff said, Hey, look, I'm not coming in. And, and those, you know, in my opinion, were the ones that you know, maybe had some savings or had some, you know, other financial support, but you know, the rest of them, the other 60%, you know, they said, we need jobs. We need to come in and work. So we tried to keep our doors open and do some things like we 
you know, limit the number of players. We went from seating 10 players at a table to eight players at a table just to give a little bit more elbow room and a little bit more space. And, you know, every two hours we were you know, wiping down our you know, the tabletops and the chairs and everything like but even even then, like at the, after the mayor told us, you know, we can't open, we're not essential. There, it wasn't really, you know, it, it wasn't a hard decision. I told, yeah. told the employees, look, I don't have a choice. Like I, I tried. Yeah, well, I'm not getting I'm not getting arrested over this. Thing. Yeah, I'm, Sorry. you know, it was a thousand dollar a day fine. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Um, wow, that's interesting. That's interesting that you at least try because I was talking to Dylan and he years ago used to work for, but it's still tight with the Alamo Draft House. And they were trying to do like they were only selling tickets to every other seat. Like yeah. that's how they were trying to like kind of float it or whatever. But even, you know, even that what like people weren't really showing up. And then Hollywood stopped making movies because you can't make movies because everybody's close. Like it, it just it seems like everybody was trying to band-aid it until it was just done done. And now we're all just like, it's just so new. It's such a guessing game. Like there's there's nothing to compare it to that there's like everybody that comes like I was watching today. So one of the South Dakota governors was talking, just speaking to somebody, you know, political. And like, I find it hard to even believe them. And there are elected officials, and they're they're reading off stats and science journal. Like, I, I I believe that what they're reading, they read it, and I believe that the people that did the information that made the information, I believe that you guys all really tried. But like, you don't know anything about this. It's all so new that we can't even say like, I hope May, I hope May first, you know. But like, we don't know. Even if somebody came out right now and said, all right, May first, everybody go back. Do you think everybody even would? Like, clearly you would, but do you think society would? If we were all told May 1st, we're good, go back. Do you think people even would? Yeah, I do. I really? Think, I think people are, I don't know how to say, like, they're, they're willing enough. I wouldn't say dumb enough. They're willing enough to believe someone. If the right person said it, you know, like if there was, you know, you know, the CDC doctor came out and said, look, no, we're, yeah. we're under Aussie control. Like I've got it under control. You know, not so much even saying like, obviously they said there's a vaccine and yeah, fuck it. I think everybody would both. Yes. Yeah, at that point, if they just said it was under control, it's safe. We can do our thing again. I think there's enough people that would maybe not right. You know, the next day would be jam packed, but within a week, yeah, everything would be back. Because I've asked everybody, the uh, what would it take for you to go to a UT football game question? I mean, obviously, I had to spin it for you for World Series of Poker, but you know, whatever. Sure. You're the only person that said you would go right now. You're the only person, but everybody else said pretty much nothing short of a vaccine. Like that's that's the like the, unless the the entire curve has flattened completely and nobody's dying, or like you know maybe one a month or something. Until that, nobody else is willing. But if if somebody came out, I mean, I don't even know necessarily. I'm not even gonna say the president's name. It's not worth going down that road. But if somebody came out like Fossey or somebody like, if they came out and said, "All right, everybody's good," yeah, maybe. I mean, people are probably a bored, but b almost desperate. I don't know if that's the word, but money is still a thing for a lot of people. So like, maybe that would be it. It would just take that, and we'd we'd all collectively risk it. Yeah, I think it's easy to say, "Oh, I wouldn't do it till there's a vaccine," but then. The second that you see all your neighbors out and about having a good time again, doing their thing, going to work, fucking spending some yeah. money, having like barbecues. It's like, come on. I, I think people are fool, are fooling themselves when they think that they wouldn't jump right back into their normal routines. Instantly. Yeah. I, just, I think it's a lot easier to say, oh, a vaccine. But at the end of the day, that's just them lying to themselves. <laughs> they know, they know <laughs> oh, man. Well. 
Yeah, bro. I think that's that's a good. I guess good enough spot as any, I suppose, to end this. Let's uh, let's do this again on a, on a hopefully more positive topic later. But uh, yeah, thanks, man. Always. Um, this was this was fun. I'm I'm in for next time. Hell yeah! I'll make sure my my millions of listeners are ready for uh, for round two. And I'll uh, charge my laptop so that it doesn't die in between. And I have to <laughs> my cell phone. <laughs> All right, bro. I'll see you.